0: A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitanirajim Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Wa Sallallahu Tabarak Wa Sallama Ala Sayyidina Muhammadin Sayyidina Wa Sanadina Wa Habibina Wa Shafi'ina Wa Mawlana Sallallahu Alaihi Wa Ala Alihi Wa Ashabihi Wa Azwajihi Wa Durriyatihi Wa Ahli Baytihi Wa Man Tabi'ahum Bi Ihsanin Ilayum Ad-Dini Wa Ba'ad Alhamdulillah By Allah Ta'ala's Father we've reached this Mubarak third night of Ramadan the first ten nights are characterized by Rahmah, that the first ten uh, of Ramadan are rahma, and the second ten are Maghfirah, and the last ten are Itqum Min nar that the first ten are Mercy, and the second ten are Forgiveness, and the last ten are Deliverance from the Hellfire. Um, and, and in fact, in an hadith narrated by Sayyidina Salman al-Farsi رضي Ta'ala anhu. عنه uh, وَلِلَّهِ اُتَقَاءُ فِي رَمَضَانَ وَذَلَكَ كُلُّ لَيْلَةً وَكَمَا قَالَ عَلَيْهِ والسلام, That Allah Ta'ala has certain people that he manumits from the hellfire and that's every, every single night. Uh, the last ten uh, ostensibly being a time when this gift of Allah Ta'ala's fadl is widened and opened in scope May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us all from his fadl and make us all from the utaqa and from those people who are spared the punishment of the hellfire. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from the utaqa of uh, Ramadan, from the hellfire in this night and in every night. Uh, Amin. So before we uh, continue uh, with our uh, readings uh, from this nightly majlis, uh, just a reminder to myself and to others If you haven't made it to the masjid yet, go ahead and go Just because lockdown happened the first time Just because it was partially locked down the second time uh, It doesn't mean that uh, now we're excused from gathering And from coming together as Muslims If you haven't made it to the masjid yet, hustle and make it I know it's far away and I know it's late at night And you have things to do in the, in the morning uh, For those who cannot pray the entire uh, taraweeh uh, then let them pray some of it for those of you who cannot pray any of it at least pray the Salatul Isha Salatul Maghrib in, in congregation if Maghrib and Isha are late then go for Asr, go for Zuhur but make it to the Masjid fill the Masjid up uh, once more the lockdown is over and uh, Islam is something that that has to continue and that will continue the only fear we have is will it continue without us may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala take us into his mercy and carry us in it and not make us from amongst those who are left behind Uh, further than that uh, we also have a, a duty and we also have a responsibility even if we ourselves are making it to the masjid to encourage others and to help others to make it as well so call your friends call your people call your relatives call your neighbors call those people who you have connection with check up on them are they okay do they have something to eat for uh, this ramadan are they struggling with some other issues that are weighing on them uh, that they weigh on them so heavily that they cannot concentrate on the spiritual uh, benefits of this month and on the nur of this month and on the uh, purity of this month if they do help them help them get through uh, those, those issues. If not through anything else, then just by giving them an ear uh, to speak to and have some sort of lightening of their burden through catharsis. If not through anything else, if you cannot, you know, if somebody is not making ends meet, you're not expected to pay for everything, nor are you possi- possibly able to pay for everything, but you do give something. Uh, in order to lighten their burden and Allah Ta'ala is the one who uh, gives sustenance and risk to his slaves both to uh, that person and to you and me uh, and so whatever it is you need to do help people solve their problems and then help them to make it to the masjid may our masajid be packed there's a housing crisis there's not enough houses for people to live in we have a bigger crisis that there should be uh, not only uh, no free real estate in the masjid but there should be a demand for building more masajid, that Allah Ta'ala's house should be more in demand and that people should have trouble finding spaces in the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, wherever you are, wherever we are, and that we should have to acquire more land and that we should have to acquire more buildings and we should have to train more people to be imams and hafad and uh, uh, more people to uh, uh, serve these places. Uh, that This is a mandate of Islam, a sacred, man- sacred mandate of Islam. It's why you uh, uh, you have been given a livelihood, and why I've been given a livelihood and given risk and provision. It's why this world was made, so that Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala's name could be taken uh, uh, on the tongues and in the hearts and in the houses where the people gather and congregate, uh, as well as. Uh, in individuals, when they uh, separate from one another, but uh, this Ramadan has a number of communal uh, acts of devotion that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala and His Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam have legislated and taught to this Ummah, uh, so that we may lift one another up, and they are great vehicles for attaining the Madad of Allah Taala, the divine aid and the divine succor from Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and as the Ummah passes uh, from time to time and from difficulty and difficulty uh, to another difficulty and from one age to another uh, putting more and more distance between us and between the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and the Khairul Qurun and the best of generations, we, we uh, need more and more not to slack off and not waste these, these opportunities for receiving Allah Ta'ala's madad. So this means that we come together and we pray uh, so that the one whose heart has light in the congregation, that light spreads to the other hearts. And so the one whose heart is clean, uh, that also then purifies the other hearts. And so that the one who has nisbah through him, everybody else in the congregation has nisbah with Allah Ta'ala and his Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So I'm not recording these uh, majalis as a, uh, uh, some sort of part of a large larger sales or marketing package. Uh, um, these things are not for sale, uh, nor does anybody, to my knowledge, pay me for them. Um, and you aren't consumers of them in that sense, uh, for your own uh, entertainment or for your own relaxation. Rather, these are reminders that re- remind ourselves and remind one another uh, uh, about the the signs and the uh, the, the the indications. Of how to find the path to Allah Ta'ala and uh, how to fuel up and how to energize oneself in order to have the himmah and the courage to traverse that path. And so, uh, this is a reminder to myself and to everybody else that we also need to, in order to make it ourselves, we also need to take people with us as well. Uh, And so, don't forget, don't forget people who are forgotten easily. Uh, and don't leave behind those people who uh, are easily left behind rather bring them with you to the masjid and if they need some problems solved uh, in order for that to happen go ahead and solve those problems and so today we read from a, uh, an article that i wrote uh, about a month before uh, leaving to uh, Uzbekistan we had this trip in this month of Shaaban uh, to Uzbekistan and subhanAllah, it seems that here in Chicago, every day that uh, I sit in the masjid and I'm just sitting next to Uzbeks, mashallah, and they all kind of have a very strange reaction when uh, I speak to them in their language. Uh, but uh, I very quickly assure them, uh, through uh, my love of those places and the people who live there, um, that there's nothing to freak out about. Uh, I wrote an article about a sheikh that I heard mentioned in the Khanqah of my sheikh, Sayyid Nafis Shah, Rahimullah Ta'ala, a number of times, and uh, who uh, seems relatively unknown to the Western audience, um, or really the, the the Muslim world in general, with the exception of some people who have connection with history. Um, and that is the name of uh, uh, the Sheikh Khaja Najmuddin Kubra. Uh, and so we'll read a little bit about him from the uh, paper that I wrote It may take more than uh, one majlis But inshallah it's worth it He's a very interesting individual And, and his story is a powerful story And his impact on us um, lives on in many ways That we probably haven't thought about But uh, slowly uh, in the following majlis Inshallah it will become, it will become clear to you uh, what your connection with this sheikh is. So, Bismillah ar-Rahman rahim The sheikh Najmuddin uh, Kubra. He was the noble and saintly sheikh Abu Jannab Ahmed bin Umar of Khurazm. Khurazm was a great city from the great cities of Central Asia, but unlike Bukhara and Samarkand, unlike Shash, which is the modern uh, city of Tashkent, uh, Khurazm was never rebuilt, really. Uh, it was never rebuilt, nor was it resettled. Uh, rather, it was completely destroyed by the Mongols and uh, it never really came anywhere near uh, what its previous uh, status was. It was the great metropolis of uh, um, Trans-Aksonia, Ma um, uh, at its peak. Uh, and that's when it was uh, completely desolated and destroyed by the Mongols. Um, and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy on the souls who had to suffer uh, uh, both uh, by paying with their lives... Uh, and uh, also by seeing the heartbreak and the sorrow of uh, losing uh, uh, these great centers of uh, Muslim civilization. And so he was from khorazm khorazm if you want to get an idea of where it lies on the map, it's uh, somewhere on the uh, eastern border of the modern nation state of Uzbekistan uh, with Turkmenistan. Uh, I believe there is a, a modern city uh, called Urgench. Um, and there is one Urgench on the uh, Uzbek side of the border, and there's an Urgench on the uh, um, Turkoman side of the border as well. And I believe that Khurazm uh, as well, the uh, old city, uh, which again has been ruined and desolated and it's, is, is, is gone, um, that that city l- lied somewhere b- between these, uh, you know, on both sides of this this uh, modern uh, border between these uh, two states. I actually um, read somewhere that Khaja Najmuddin, uh, about whom we're reading right now, his mazar, his grave is uh, in Urgench. So I was actually uh, planning to, because Urgench is on the other side of the country from Tashkent, I was planning to fly uh, to Urgench, uh, uh, after our group was gone in order to visit Khadija Najmuddin. But uh, when we were graciously received by the office of the Grand Mufti of, of the Republic of Uzbekistan, uh, I asked his assistant, who was himself, Sheikh Abdul Hakim, uh, a man of learning, I asked him if Khadija Najmuddin's uh, Mazar was there or was it known? He says it's known, but it's on the Turkmen side. So if anybody wants to visit, uh, remember that. Uh, perhaps, inshallah, either today or tomorrow, we can take a couple of minutes to talk about what the point of visiting uh, the mazarat and the graves uh, of the uh, mashaykh and the awliya and the aslaf is, because I feel like people have a little bit of uh, OCD Um, with regards to kind of some bad ideas and bad habits that were taught to them by uh, uh, people of deviant understanding within Islam. Uh, But uh, inshallah, we continue. So he's buried on the Turkoman side of of, of Urgench. Uh, That his name was Sheikh Abu Jannab Ahmed bin Omar of Khurazm, but he would be better known by another name, uh, uh, Najmuddin Al-Kubra. And so... uh, uh, Najbuddin al Kubra, who uh, drank from the chalice of martyrdom, in the year 618 Hijra, uh, um, which corresponds to uh, the year 1221 uh, uh, in the uh, in the uh, Christian uh, calendar or in the Common Era. Peculiar due to its grammatical misgendering, the sober cat's origin points to its owner's great status. So Najmuddin al Kubra, Najmuddin referring to a male. Uh, the word Najm uh, itself is grammatically masculine, uh, and it definitely refers to a male. It's the name of a male. Uh, whereas Kubra is the uh, superlative, um, the superlative adjective in Arabic in the feminine gender this is peculiar due to its grammatical misgendering the sobriquets origin points to its owner's great status it is said that he was originally known as najmul kubara uh, or the star of the great ones exalting his rank amongst the ulama rabbaniyun uh, the, the 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 people of knowledge who uh, were connected with the Rabb tabarak ta'ala who had godly uh, uh, status. Godly not in terms of their own intrinsic uh, sifatul iyadu billah but uh, in terms of their nisbah with, with the Rabb tabarak wa ta'ala uh, uh, and the awliya. However, Ibn Imad al-Hambali reported in his Shadarat al dahab that when the shaykh was young he excelled at uh, uh, his studies so much that the other students uh, when seeing how quick-witted and swift he was in understanding uh, the most complex of matters, uh, they would call him at kubra uh, or the greatest overtaker, uh, which is an expression in the Qur'an used to refer to doomsday, to the Yom Al-Qiyamah. Uh, and this was because of his ferocious intellect. Allah Ta'ala says in the Surah An uh, naziat he says, جَاءَتِ الطَّامَةُ الْكُبْرَى يَوْمَ يَتَذَكَّرُ الْإِنسَانُ مَا سَعَى وَبُرِّزَتِ الْجَحِيمُ That the day that the Tammatul Kubra comes, meaning the day of judgment, the greatest of overtakers, uh, 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 that day uh, a man will remember all the things that he strove for uh, in his life. And the blazing fire uh, will be brought forth. For all who can see, uh, so they used to call him a tamatul kubra as a as a kid. Like you know how we you know we like we say oh that's wicked that's that's a, oh that so and so is a beast or whatever. So uh, if you're I guess a madrasa kid in Central Asia uh, back in its golden age, uh, you're not going to call somebody a beast or say they're beast mode, but you're going to say this guy's yomul qiyama. He's a tamatul kubra in terms of the ferocity of his intellect, uh, and so. Uh, um, Later on, when he became a great sheikh, um, the word Tama fell out of use, but the Kubra remained. Uh, that the people, the people, this was kind of a carryover from his uh, madrasa nickname, uh, and it's a, a sign of his, uh, his his mastery of the ulum. He was a Shafi'i in fiqh and a recognized transmitter of hadith, uh, an encyclopedic master of the various disciplines of Islamic learning, and it... Imam of Islam to the point where Zahabi, uh, uh, the great uh, historian and chronicler and biographer in uh, Muhaddith, referred to him as the sheikh of Khurasan. Uh, and he mentions that uh, Ibn Nuqta called him uh, an Imam in the Sunnah, uh, and he transmitted uh, Hadith from the great Hadith scholars of his age, the great Muhaddithun of his age, including Abu Tahir al silafi Uh, And Zahabi, mashallah, is, uh, you know, he's not going to give these uh, accolades out for free. Um, He's one who, uh, although he has great adab and an open mind, he does speak his mind uh, uh, from time to time. And when he wants to hack somebody down, he he goes ahead and does it. Uh, So for him, uh, to uh, call him the imam of the people of Khurasan is, is, is a big deal. Uh, the Sheikh Najmuddin al Kubra was born in Khayyuk, uh, a town near Khurazm, one of the villages near Khurazm. And in his prime, uh, he took up residence in the latter, meaning in Khurazm. Uh, by the way, Khurazm is the way that the locals pronounce the, the name. Uh, uh, it's written with a wow and an alif. So in Arabic, usually they'll say khawara, Khawarazm or Khawarizm. And so there's another famous Khurazmi uh, uh, who uh, is a, a mathematician that people uh, attribute uh, much of the modern form of algebra to. And so you'll hear people in Arabic say Al Khawarizmi. Um, in Persian, when you have this, uh, these two vowels uh, next to each other, the wow and the alif, um, in modern Persian, usually the wow becomes uh, silent. Uh, and so uh, uh, the, they would say kharazm uh, 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 like uh, like the word khab or dastarkhan uh, or the like like the word khaja uh, uh, whereas uh, the locals in uzbekistan they they seem to pronounce it as khorazm so i i choose this pronunciation but uh, i guess a person can Say it in different ways if they wish to, and uh, I don't really know which one one can point to as being more correct than the other, except for through context. If you're gonna speak with uh, Persian speakers, say it like a Persian, if you're gonna speak with Arabic speakers, say it like an Arab, and if you're gonna speak with Uzbeks, uh, say it like an Uzbek, I guess and so he's born in this village of Khayyuk uh, in a town near Khurazm and then he took residence uh, in Khurazm it is there that his renowned disciple Baharzi will take up his discipleship and audition hadith from him and Baharzi, if you look through my social media which I encourage you to do after Ramadan is over uh, because I myself am not looking through it nor am I posting it and uh, Ramadan is a time that uh, we should be focused on other things um the Mazar of bah- Baharzi is in in Bukhara uh, Bukhara is Sharif and uh, he actually is one of those who uh, because of him Bukhara is resettled and isn't uh, isn't left as ruins like Khurazm uh, is and so in in Khurazim it is that uh, baharzi uh, took up the discipleship of the sheikh najmuddin and uh, discipleship meaning not just in hadith and in fiqh uh, but also he took the tariqah from him uh, um and zahabi quotes ibn hajib al-rahhal uh, who's different than the ibn hajib the maliki uh, faqih who wrote the uh, who wrote the the kafia the great grammarian as well uh, although interestingly enough uh, he is uh, he, he is uh, uh, almost contemporaneous with him Ibn Hajj rahal writes about uh, 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 about him He says he wandered through the countries and auditioned hadith He then took up residence in Khurazm and became a sheikh of that land He was a master of hadith and the sunnah And uh, a refuge uh, for destitute strangers and a greatly honored man Who feared not the censure of others When it came to the right of God uh, And uh, this is uh, 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 This is uh, Ibn Hajj al-Rahal Rahal, Who wrote in his book about the Buldan About the uh, the, the, the different uh, uh, lands and cities and names uh, uh, Geographical names uh, Shaykh najmuddin was also a great Sufi of his age and it was at his hands that Baharzi was uh, vested with the khirqa. Uh, the khirqa is what, is what we refer to as the khilafa in, in this day and age, that the, the sheikh gives a disciple uh, the mantle of successorship that the, the disciple now can also take on and train initiates. Um, the way that that was given back in the day was that the sheikh gave his khirqa. Uh, the word khirqa in Arabic literally means a, a patch. Uh, uh, at least in this context, a patch that's put onto uh, uh, onto clothing. Like if clothing rips, you're not the sunnah is not to throw it away, rather to uh, sew a patch in it and to keep on using it as long as it's usable. And it's said that Sayyidina Amr ta'ala anhu he had uh, forty patches or more in his uh, in his jubba that uh, that he wore, and so. In the terminology of the Sufis, the word khirqa ends up referring to the, the, the actual jubba, the, the coat or frock that the sheikh uh, wore uh, and that was patched up and passed down from generation to generation. Uh, and uh, literally, and then sometimes metaphorically, that the sheikh would give some article of clothing uh, that would be a khirqa and it would be a sign of that, uh, uh, that disciple receiving uh, successorship uh, in the tariqa. Um, and then later on, uh, you know, we consider it more like an ijaza, and there's no physical object uh, necessarily given with it. And it says that uh, that Baharzi received the khirqa from uh, uh, from from Najmuddin al Kubra. Uh, it's worth noting, by the way, that both of them are shafiis, and trans Transoxonia Ma'arat al is uh, later on very very solidly identified with Hanafi the Hanafi madhab and the learning and practice of the Hanafi school and indeed before the Mongol desolation there were definitely great Hanafis that were there and it was a stronghold of the Hanafis for sure however uh, before the Mongol desolation because this uh, area is so lush In terms of its spirituality and in terms of the people there and their love of deen and uh, so solid in terms of its uh, mercantile status that it's a crossroads for the for the for the trade of a number of goods uh, going from china to europe uh, to india and uh, to and from all of these places so the merchants were quite wealthy and so they you know there's a great amount of coming together of ideas you'll see in central asia uh, a number of different madhahib, great mashayikh and great masters of uh, of those madhahib, they they live there and they coexist. And so it's said that Shash in particular, Shash is Tashkent. Uh, um, that was a great center for the study of the Shafi'i school. And you'll see great ulama of the Shafi'is and the Hanabila uh, uh, in other parts of Central Asia. Um, you'll see that they're 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 there. They're not uh, you know it's not like a completely, uh, um, you know, a a completely like monolithic type society. Whereas nowadays, uh, really none of the other madahib have much of a a hold in in those places except for the Hanafi school and even that because of uh, communism and uh, and, and secularism. Um, That's not as strong as it used to be uh, at one time. But it's important, it's worth noting that both of these mashayikh are both great muhadithin, and they're both great scholars of the Shafi'i school uh, and all of the schools that are based in the sunnah, inshallah there's barakah and khair in all of them uh, even if we have one that we pick and that we learn and that we practice uh, and that we see as making more sense to us than the others that you know we do see the khair in all four of them. Zahabi mentions Rahimullah ta'ala that the Tatars said upon Khurazm and Rabiul awwal of the year 618 Hijri, uh, and Najmuddin Kubra was amongst those who went out for jihad, and they fought uh, at the gates of the city. Uh, inshallah, this is a, a good place. Inshallah, to uh, stop. Inshallah, we'll continue uh, tomorrow with the rest of the story. And uh, um, we ask Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala to give us barakah in this Ramadan and to fill our masajid up again as much as they were filled from before, even more. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to fill our hearts with nur and to forgive us our sins and to change our lives for the better and to uh, give us the nisbah with the ones that he loves so that we can also be ones that he loves and that whoever meets us and whoever we interact with, whoever we speak to, whoever we talk to, whoever takes from us or gives to us, that that person also can be dyed in the color of Allah ta'ala's love. وصلى الله تبارك وتعالى وسلم على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته.